everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Hallie, how are you today? I'm great. How about you? We love the whole concept of investing into ourselves. So today we're going to be diving into how do you decide what to invest into? How much money to do? What are the kind of goals of average percentages to kind of put into um, some sort of bucket or real estate or 401k, um, regardless of how much money you have. Um, but before we do that, I think one of the most important things to kind of recognize is the biggest asset that you can ever bring to yourself is what, Hallie? Education and training. Yes. Investing into yourself. Investing into yourself. Yes. Yes, so, yes exactly. And this morning I was just saying, I, I, I went to go, I went to go do for an eight mile bike ride with uh, our eight mile run. And my kids were up at 4.30 this morning, which was odd. I don't know if it's the sun or the change of the time it right now. Be, yeah, yeah, they had a whole bunch of energy in the yeah. morning. They're just rolling. And so I'm like, you guys are going to get out. So you know what? Actually, here's a side tip for this. We have um, limited our kids' time on their iPad. Uh, however, we did that before. Then we kind of cheated a little bit, to be honest. Like we weren't the best parents of like holding the line to that. Like during like, COVID? Yes, during COVID, all those <laughs> things. And we really got strict with this about a couple of weeks ago. And what's fascinating is it's, after two days of them realizing that they, we weren't going to budge on this anymore, they, they just shut off. We like shut, they shut off their iPads Man, they've been budgeting their time mm. so wisely now. Like they'll come down and Astro will be like, I'm setting my timer for 20 minutes. Like he, Siri set my timer for 20 minutes. He'll shut his iPad off and go, I have an hour and 40 minutes left. Cause they get two hours no matter what they're doing. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. a whole, and even my wife and I, Sarah, we've been talking about this. She's like, it's a whole shift. They're managing their own time. They're managing themselves kind of with it. So anyways, they were up early and they both watched the iPad for like half an hour. I went to go do my run and they're like, I'm like, why don't you guys bike with me? It's, it's 35 degrees, but it's sunny. It's warm. Mm -hmm. That feels good for Vermont right now. 35 feels like summer. Yeah, it does. Right it now. does. And they jumped on their bike. And so our, my eight mile ride turned into about a four and a half with like seven stops, but it was wonderful because they got out and they biked for like 40 minutes and it was awesome. And uh, it was super fun. However, the whole point of telling that story was we were climbing this hill in the back and, uh, and I'm like, okay guys, you got it. And this is a big hill. And they're like, I don't want to do this hill. And I'm like, you can do this. I'm like, just give you a little burst, count to 10 and kind of work your way through this. Don't let your mind kind of grab you. And so at the end of it, they made it. And Ash was like, yeah, I just, I didn't do 10. I counted to eight. And I just, I really worked my mind. <laughs> and it's like, I just use that as like, there's always a whole bunch of ways, uh, to work on yourself and invest into yourself. Right. And so when we're talking about the best asset that you can have is to invest into yourself, it doesn't always have to be with money. I think there's a lot of ways. So when we're talking about investing actual dollars, well, I believe wholeheartedly, I mean, I borrowed eight grand to start my first business and $4,000 or 50% I used to go to a, a real estate conference. And that's how mm -hmm. I started my career. So I'm, I've, I'm much more uh, at risk to use money to invest in myself. However, I think it's really important that if the most important thing to do is to invest into yourself, you may not have the money to do that. If you don't, there's a tremendous amount of ways to invest into yourself for free, right? I mean, I think yes. last year we had hundred free courses that we did or something yeah, along so those lines. Free content out there and I'm like, you know, going to the library and getting a book, yes. borrowing a book from somebody that, I mean, that's how I get most of my information yeah, you were from yeah. reading. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, Warren Buffett reads, you know, eight to nine hours a day in his heyday. I think he's down to six hours because of his time. The guy's 90 to run this company. Mark uh, Zuckerberg talks about how he, he read Steve Jobs. Um, you know, Bill Gates, if you watched his documentary, I know, I know you mm -hmm. did, like he carries around 12 books with him at all times, yeah. right? I know those guys have money to invest, but really what they're doing, they're reading. So th that yeah. you don't yeah. need billions of dollars to do that. My point is like, you always want to invest in yourself first because that's you're investing in yourself is going to give you the biggest return on anything that you're doing. So don't 
we're going to now transition to actually investing dollars, but how then I want to make that point that you can, you first need to invest in yourself and it doesn't require money. What it requires is discipline and time. Yeah. And I, and I was gonna say, sometimes, sometimes you need to know when to spend the money. Yes, like if you need a, need a certification, I think yes. the, the story that you told me of your dad was a really great yeah. example of how he invested um, into himself to get a different skill set so that he could cha- um, change careers. Yeah, it was a first taste of kind of seeing entrepreneurship in my family. And that's my dad has nine brothers and sisters and pretty much all of them are in, well, not all of them, seven out of nine of them are in some sort of entrepreneurship role, which is kind of fascinating. And my dad was working at IBM nights and he, when I was probably 14 or so, 15, maybe a little bit younger. And he started, he got like a year long certification for like drafting and architecture to figure out how to build houses. And he was a sole proprietor and that's kind of been his ML since, but he was working a job vested into a certification to be able to do it because that was required of it to be able to do it and then start building. And then he was working, building, working, building. So he was doing the building of one-off houses, you know, all while he was had another job to build up cash flow because we didn't have any money. And so that's just kind of how we did it and be able to do it. You're right. But you, there does come a time too, when you have the availability. So the point we want to make is you don't need money to invest in yourself. Cause sometimes Correct. people go, well, I don't have any extra money. I hear that sometimes I don't have any extra money to invest in myself. And I'm yeah. going, we live in a time now that information is so readily available for free everywhere. So don't use that as an excuse. What you're saying is I don't want to stop and actually invest into myself. Yeah. So the most important is invest into yourself. Then as you start earning money, even that's why even in our coaching company, we have different levels of people. You have a $200 option to, you know, up to five, $10,000 option, depending on where you are and what you want to do and what your goals are. Um, you also, I think it's important to start in the beginning. If you have a little extra money to do it, to start realizing that, um, to invest into yourself, what the return is. So maybe you take a hundred dollars a month to invest into yourself. Right. Right. And, uh, maybe that could be a a personal trainer if that's your thing that you need. Right. Um, you know, or whatever that, that option is to invest into yourself in one of those categories of your life inwardly, like you can invest in the TM, right. Transcendental meditation costs money, but you can invest into it. Right. So knowing it's a one-time cost, it's a one-time cost. Yes. Dividends for the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and all of these should, because then you, you've gained the knowledge, even if you didn't, you know, you went through a course and you got 5%, but that 5% got you in a different direction. Your life could take you out exactly. there. Yeah. So the first point that we wanted to make was invest into yourself. It's always going to be the greatest asset, um, is investing into yourself. You don't need money. And then knowing when to invest money wisely and smartly. And then when you have the ability, you should always be having some sort of your budget in business, investing into yourself, some, some level of coaching or certification or course that you're doing. Now, what we really want to kind of talk about here is when you actually have money, any dollar amount, cause we're gonna use percentages for this. It doesn't matter how much money you're making, right? Um, the first thing that I think is really important for people to understand, and most people do not spend the time to do this. Um, well, for one, we just get a tremendous amount of this conversation. I mean, you and I had this conversation for years about like, what's, it's really important to understand what your number is. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean what your number is like, Hey, I need $10 million. Cause I heard that's a good number or I need a certain dollar amount that's coming in there. And we've had this conversation just as, as we grow an organization, people around me start making, are making a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. That's w- wonderful. So you have excess cash to be able to do things with, right? So then like, where do I invest my money? What do I do with it? Well, I was just going to say that I think it was specifically for me that some of the conversations over the past years have gone from, um, whether internally or with you have gone from, how can I earn more money? What do I need to do to make more money? Um, can I go coach? Can I go do this? Can I um, diversify my income streams? And more recently they've really gone to, um, 
how do I create passive income? Yeah. It's no longer about, I want to just, cause I know I can work and make money. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's you not check the that question. Box. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've done that. I can figure, I can figure out how Always. to do that. Yes. Always. The next step for me and for a lot of people, I think is how do I create that passive income so I can um, build my financial freedom? Yeah. So that it's a really good difference seeing that earned income that you can make. Cause a lot of us can get on that trap. Like, well, Hey, if I just, if I just need something else in my lifestyle, I'll just go earn the money to do it. Especially in the industry that we're in. It's yeah. like, I'll just go sell two more homes and I can yeah, or, buy whatever I want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is always you using your time to trade off for money. Right. Which is fine. We have to do, there's an apple, there's, yes. there's an application to our life that like we have to, there's a phase in our life that we have to do that. Right. Yeah. However, um, at some point you should always be looking at and understanding with you and your partner or your family sitting down and saying, okay, what is my number? And what most people do, um, they don't really have, they don't know what their number is. Somebody asked them, I said, how much money do you want? They're going to say $5 million, right? What is their clarify? What is their number for what? Yeah. I'm getting to that, right? Cause okay. how they drilled me on this before we got on the call. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, what is your number? I mean, it could be, what's your Enneagram number? What's yes, your, <laughs> well, what I really mean by what your number is, is how much money. And I just like, to break this down monthly. You can do this annually, but monthly is easier for people to kind of swallow. So what is your monthly number of, of passive income that's coming in from any source that could be dividends, that could be 401k, that could be retirement, that could be social security, right? All of those things based on where your age and where you're at are going to be sources of income that are coming in without you having to trade hours for it. That's what we mean from that passive income. So what is your financial freedom number to you and your family that's coming in monthly to cover your expenses and cover your lifestyle, right? So, so let's, can we just like go through this and like Absolutely. use numbers? Okay. So let's just say it's $10,000. Okay. Is that after tax or before tax? Big um, difference. After. Okay. So then you, you may add, this is use 30% tax bracket. So you'd add, you need $13,000 a month coming in. So after tax, you should always look at that number. It's a really good point for after tax money because in 30%, you can know your tax bracket. If it's different, um, you certainly can, you can apply to whatever it is. But in this case, it's $13,000 coming in, right? Yes. $10,000 after tax money coming in every month to, to live on. To live on. That could, that could be your mortgage payment. You may not have a mortgage payment. It just may be your your travel, but I mean, anything, anything you're doing to live on right now, it's important to know here, you may still be working while you're having this money come in. Right. right? So it doesn't mean you have to just stop working. It just means you have the option of stopping working if you would like to. Correct. And you can choose what projects you work on or where you show up or whatever. Exactly. But you know, that's kind of checking the box. So there's different ways to kind of impact it. The reason why it's really important to know what that monthly financial freedom number is for you and your family is because if you don't, you never got for two things. If you actually get a lot of money and, and start working on your plan and get there, you're not going to know when you actually hit it. So therefore you'll be chasing your entire life. Mm-hmm. And we see that in most of our society right now, everyone's chasing for something else. They get money, they chase for something else. They get more, they need more money, they need more of this instead of actually understanding. Now that number can change over time too, right? It doesn't have to stay stagnant. It just means you need a number for now. So it, you may start off and saying, Hey, if I just had $3,000 a month coming in, you know, in the next 10 years, that would be like a huge benefit. So then you can start building models around how do I get $3,000 a month coming in, right? That could be buying real estate. That could be investing into a real estate fund or investment into a real estate project. 
project that may be, you know, um, starting a company that you just remove yourself from or something that, you know, you can sell digitally. So like a SaaS company, like a software as a service company that's not requiring you to, after you build it like a book, right? Mm -hmm. A book, you build it up. And once you're done with it, it's, it's got a long shelf life and it just Ticks, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it just, it just ticks off the dollars yeah. when they come in. Right. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to do this. You could create a training program and, and get it out there and sell it for years on end. Right. So you just got to first understand what that number is that's coming in and start at something that you go, this would feel really good and feels like it's a little outside my reach, but I'm willing to build a model to go after it. If it's too big and people can't see how they can get there, and it prevents them from actually taking any action, that's not good. If you want to go big and it's not going to prevent you from taking action, then go ahead and do that. But everyone is different. That's why I give that little carrot in there. Because somebody says, I want $100,000 a month coming in, but right now you have nothing coming in. And they may go, that's just such a big number that I don't, it's not even worth me going after. I'll never get there. So then break it down to a smaller number. Okay. So I'm totally with you on the monthly. Yes. Figuring out your monthly number. Um, then my next question is, um, we talked about the Mr. Money Mustache yes. podcast. We've talked about Tony Robbins talks about this too, that they, it's, they, they go, um, they do talk about a monthly number, but they also talk about this larger number that is your, actually your financial freedom number. How do you determine that number? Well, once you determine the monthly number, then you can easily go back to the large number. So if you're just doing straight up kind of investment into the stock market or an S and P fund, mm-hmm. and you invest it into companies that's paying a regular dividend, mm-hmm. right? A dividend just means that, just like any company, a company is issuing quarterly distributions to its owners and you happen to be an owner. And so it may distribute $10 million in that quarter and you may be an owner and you get $5,000 that quarter, right? So that's just what a dividend is. It's just a company that's paying out its earnings to you. Okay. And there's a lot of companies you can invest into um, that may not be growing as much, but pay bigger dividends. So it just, so you work with your financial advisor on that to figure out what that number is. So if it's, if it's $13,000 a month right. and let's just use, you know, solid math. I mean, I think a safe bet you could have would be like 5% dividend paid annually. Um, there's some that pay more, there's some that pay a little bit less, but let's just, I think Mr. Money Mustache used like four or 3% mm, um, as, yeah. as his kind of like dividend that I was going to be paying. I think he had to get, he realized him and his wife realized that they could live off about $30,000 a year mm-hmm. is what they wanted to because they didn't have any other debt. Right. And so he worked for about 10 years, him and his wife. And he woke up one day and this is kind of the whole Mr. Money Mustache phenomenon is that he woke up when he was like 36, 37 and they actually stopped working, working like their normal jobs. He still works a lot, but like yes. doing stuff that he wants their normal engineering or computer science jobs. And they had like, I think they had like $600,000 in your bank. So basically they had, they saved up over that 10 years, live it by saving. They only lived off 30,000. So they're already living off 30,000. They saved everything else. And, and so they ended up putting that and they ended up getting about 600 or $700,000 in money. And then they were using that as a dividend to pay themselves. So that's kind of how that, that number works in our scenario. And by the way, he, like he talks a lot about is like, I spend more because I was really curious about this. Mm. He's like, we lived off $30,000 for a long period of time and our life was incredibly happy and I spend more now, but my happiness didn't increase at all. Right. And it's like, he's like, yes, we spend more money because we have them. He's because he's got his books and stuff that he's doing. Mm-hmm. He, they're making a lot more money now. So he's spending more, but he's like, be very clear. Like we have, it's cash. We're not financing any luxury item, which I was is important say, he's to still do. So intentional about the, the, 
where he his does choices his too, choices too. Yeah. He bases it off of whether or not it will actually increase his joy. joy exactly. Meet, like his joy meter. I mean, I don't even think he has a car. I think he still bikes everywhere. Yeah. And he, and what he said, he goes, he goes, we could easily afford to go buy any car we want, but right. he goes, I get much more joy riding my bike to exactly. the market than I do anything. Exactly. Um, and so that's where he goes. I just, instead of looking at things like, what can I have? Mm-hmm. I'm always reminded of this in the book, Green Lights with Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. I just, that funny it's story. Book, I had yeah. no my wife read that. She's like, that book was hilarious. I'm yeah, like, it was. And where he was, uh, um, you know, when he first made it big, he was in this house and they had the kid, his own like nanny slot, not nanny housekeeper. housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I came on, he was having dinner with, um, one of his friends and he goes, man, I can't look, I, I think I hit this really big now. I'm in this house, I got this house. He goes, I got somebody taking care of everything, cooking my meals. And he's like, they even pressed my jeans. And the lady looks at him and she's like unimpressed. And she's like, well, if you like your jeans pressed. And he said in that moment, yeah. he looked up at her and said, holy shit. I don't even like my jeans pressed. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them pressed. Why are they pressing my jeans? Right. And so he's like green light, right? Like he yeah. was like in that moment, I realized just cause you can doesn't mean you need to or should, because it's not going to increase your joy. So he's like went back there and no more jeans pressed. Right. And like, <laughs> yeah. and so I think people get caught up in the fact that cause they have money, they can go buy something, but mm-hmm. like in Mr. Money Mustache, really, if you start factoring in what's going to really bring me joy and that's how you can start allocating your free cash flow. Cause life's not stale, right? We get into, we understand, we talk a lot in this podcast about money's never going to bring you the joy in the fulfillment that you're looking for. But man, if you have it, use it. It's fun. It's go interact with it. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I heard Eckhart Tolle actually talking about this recently where he said that he lived below the poverty line for many, many years and his level of joy and enthusiasm was just as high as it was to the money that he has now. And he goes, it's great. He goes, I love using money. And he goes, I bought space so people don't bother me. Essentially, I'm just using my own words now, but like, he's like, that was one of the things money could buy was quietness and peace. And it was a wonderful gift. But he's like, when I didn't have it, I didn't change a way I was feeling. So I think this is a great way of seeing somebody that we consider like spiritual using money to do it. Michael Singer is the same way, right? He built this company up. He didn't change where he's living, but he's got his temple. He funds his stuff that he does there. So there's nothing wrong with money. You don't need it or if you have it, great, right? You don't need it, but you can enjoy it. Enjoy it, exactly. It's kind of like, actually this morning, an individual was talking to me about this exact same conversation, just yeah. randomly before we even started doing this about, you know, hey, I, I get tripped up sometimes when I see people making money. I know I, I could spend this money, but should I spend it because I see somebody else having it? I'm like, was it going to bring you any joy? I'm like, is it really going to make your life better? And he's like, no. And I said, well, what's going to make your life better? He goes, well, knowing that I have money in the bank, I go, well, exactly right. That's why like knowing that you have the ability to have 3000 or $5,000 or $10,000 a month coming in every month, if you want to, right? You mm-hmm. could, the thing is, if you're in a, a, a dividend, you can choose to reinvest your dividends. You can choose to take them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if a company pays a $10,000 dividend that year, you can choose to just reinvest your dividend back into stock options or back into the company. And so just growing your retirement. So there's options are always there for it. And that's kind of setting yourself up for these, these situations doing it. But if you don't know your number, that number of what's my monthly cash flow that really needs to be, then you're not going to be able to build out your model because then going to your annual number, that's how you, you take your monthly number and you build your annual number. So how do you, you know, math is not my strong suit. You didn't hire me for my math skills. I did not, no. Um, so how do I get to my number from the $13,000 a month? Sure. I mean, so if you just, if you do $13,000 a month, um, you know, times, if you just 13,000. What is the multiple? What do you multiply? Well, I'm by? just dividing. Or dividing it by. Um, so it's basically like $3 million. Yeah, but can you tell, can you explain to me and and the listeners? Well, I just took $13,000 a month and divided it by 0.05. And that gave me a monthly amount of cash flow. And then I multiplied that by 12. 
So what you could also do is you could do 13,000, get the same number times 12 is 156,000 divided by 0.05 and it's 3,120,000. It's the same number. So that's all you're doing is you're basically saying, I need $3 million in cash to be able to pay, to get a 5% dividend Mm -hmm. um, and then paying some cash on uh, tax on top of that to be able to have $10,000 there. So then you go, okay, that's my $3 million. It's not a hundred million. It's not 10 million. It's not 5 million. It's actually not, it's, it's not as big as people think it is. Yeah. I think, I can't remember what book it was, but there was one book that they were asking the, this guy, what does he need? What, how much money does he need to have this financially free life? And he was like, I need $50 million. And then they went through this exercise and they money, uh, financial freedom master in the game with Tony Robbins. Yes. Yes. And then I think he was like, actually you need, I think it was about 3 million, $3 million. And he was like, Oh, okay. I could actually, I can get there. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, once you know the number it's 3 million, um, you could also then start working off this number and you say, okay, Mm -hmm. let's say I'm close to getting social security. And let's say your social security is $3,000 a month. I think my, my parents' social security is like 3000 because they're in that age right now. They're looking at it. I'm like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not sure you and I, Hallie, are going to get that social security, but I don't know, right? I do look at mine every year. Yeah, so it's like- See what I might potentially get. So like, for instance, like, so for us, just take that example, $3,000 yeah. a month coming in. Yeah. If you have a family, maybe it's, 4,000, what are the numbers? Let's just use three. So then you say, okay, that's $3,000 a month coming in, right? Certain states tax that, some states don't. So you just figure that out based on the state that you're in. So the $3,000, so then you would reduce that 13,000 by three grand, right? So right. now you're at $10,000 before tax. Yep. So now what's that What's that new number? It's $120,000 annually divided by 0.05. Now it's 2.4 million. Mm. So you just took off basically $800,000 from the amount of money you need to amass based on what you factor in for social security to come in there. Right. So now you're down 2.4 million, right? right? So then you may say, well, what if I um, was able to go out and buy a piece of real estate or invest into real estate? Right. I know, you know, for our organization, for BlackRock, we're offering 13 to 22, 25% returns for investors coming into our projects, right? And which is perfect for people like me who yes. have no desire of actually owning and managing. Yeah, because it is a pain in the butt real to estate, manage all yes. those things. Yeah, yes. I would way rather and let someone else manage that for me. So instead of a 5% return, these are 13 to 20% returns that you're getting annually. So if you take one and you invest it into a, you know, a residential building that was 15% return, right? Now, so at 15%, let's just say that was, um, now you've, you've shaved off that delta of 10%. Does that make mm-hmm. sense of what mm-hmm. it is? But you can see how you can start working backwards through this to see what, how much cash you need right. and see what you can actually invest into. So it builds different buckets for you. And does that also include, or would you recommend that you also put like timeline, like a timeline to that? Or is there a way to include a timeline on that? So, you know, when you hit that number, if you work with the right advisor and you sit down and say, I want to retire, I want to be able to retire yes. 10 years, 20 years, 30 yeah. years, whatever it is. I, I told, I, just so you know, I told my financial advisor, 45, 45. Good. I got, <laughs> we got, we got a decade. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, like whatever that number is. Yeah. So then you, and then you start, then you start working backwards. Then you could say, well, you know, just like the calculations I'm doing, the, the, the financial advisor is going to do this for you exactly. in a much better cohesive manner than how I'm talking about in numbers. You'll be able to see it based on your own situation that you're in, right? right? And so they're going to go back and saying, well, then you need to save $3,000, $2,000 a month or, or whatever that number is. And you can say, well, I don't want it all to be in cash. I'm going to go, I like being in real estate. So I'm going to go invest in some real estate or I want to go, I have these book sales. I'm, I'm going to go do this. So you can, there's different ways you can, you start piecing this all together. But here are some really good rules of something that, but that based off of like your risk tolerance or based off of your age, based on age, all risk, tolerance, all of that yeah. stuff. And they're going to sit down and go over all that with you. But I think the point that people need to take away from this is not more complicated 
than people think it is. People hear like financial advisors or they hear like 401k or like numbers and taxes. And they're like, I don't know what's going on. It's like, well, you only know what's going on because you don't stop to actually pay attention to it. It's not mm -hmm. that difficult when you actually just learn to invest into yourself first to learn how to, to have invest. a cursory knowledge of what's going on to learn how to invest and be able to have the conversation then you bring in the the experts so you actually are smart enough to be able to walk through that conversation with people right and so that's that's part of what we're bringing this podcast is just to to pause you and go what does that monthly cash flow number look like to fund your lifestyle right whatever that is and i don't mean like it, i mean you could have like a yacht style lifestyle that's fine i mean like let's start with to just, I would, I, I'm very clear in this. I mean, sure, we're, we're making a lot of money as an organization, but I would trade if somebody said, hey, you know what, I'm going to take away the amount of money you're making and I'm going to pay you X, but you can have your time. I would take X all day long and learn how to live off X in a heartbeat. I would too, depending on what X is. Yeah, you, even, yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yes, maybe if it's like 10 grand, I'm just being reasonable. Yeah. My, and, and that's why I think what's really important for people to realize while they're doing this process is as you earn more money, because most people are in the phases where they're earning money right now. And this are trading time for money and you're earning it through your employment, through side hustles, whatever you're doing, equity, if you have some in companies, mm -hmm. um, all of those things, profit bonuses, you're earning income instead of increasing your lifestyle proportionately, or I'm sorry to like increasing your lifestyle to the exact amount that you're making again now, keep living off of the same lifestyle and take all of that extra money and put it away. So then you can, so then you're putting it or at least the portion of it. So and what percentage? Yeah. So yeah. what I'll get to this is the, we had um, uh, a really pretty awesome advisor come on to our, one of our project you calls who invest in, he's deals with like million to like $20 million investors. And so he deals with a lot of very educated people and he's worked his way up and dealing with everybody to, to wealthy people. And one of the things he said, he goes, first of all, there's two things that I took away from his presentation that he's done with me for the last decade too. Mm -hmm. And he said, number one is if you're not, if it doesn't hurt, if you're not saving enough to the point where it's painful, you're not saving enough. That stuck out to me a lot. And it's like, Oh, meaning that like you go, Oh, I could save $10 and it does, it's almost like it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's but saying about a thousand. Yes. And you're like, Ooh, Ooh yeah. that's painful. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's going to cause me to not be able to do what I want necessarily right now, discretionary wise, but it may force you to go do something else. It's, it's the exact same situation Sarah and I were talking about with our kids, with iPads, all of a sudden, since we gave them a time that they could have when they're no longer on it, they figured out other really cool things to do. Right. And I bet the time that they are on the iPad, they are enjoying, enjoying it more. more. Exactly. Instead of just having like, it's just such a great experiment with kids. They're fun to experiment with. Right. Yeah. And so instead of having this, this, this open time that we kind of just let them do that. Now they have a two hour limit. They know what it is. They're managing it, but they're also enjoying the time more and they're finding other things to do. That's my point is if you just say, well, I won't be able to take that big trip over there. Well, you know what? Maybe you go camping and have one of the best vacations that we had. I've shared this with, the, with Hallie before. Um, it was like a $700 a week, like tenting experience that we had. It was awesome. It wasn't in like this fancy place. It just happened to be open. And it was wonderful, right? Yeah. Sure. Or if you really still want that tra trip, then you just get really creative yes. um, in other areas to be able to pay for that. Our point with that is put more stock in the experience yes. than the actual amount of money you're paying. Yeah, absolutely. You, yes. Yeah. And so just, but people want to do the other, they want to say, Oh, I'm paying all this money to do this wonderful trip, but yeah, I can't really afford it, but I want to tell everybody I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, you, you want to put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I get it. Yes, I, I like Instagram exactly, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so when you're coming back, so the earned income that you're bringing in, 
the the average American, I believe, saves about five or six percent of their income through some 401k or whatever the metric that they have there, right? Um, you don't want to be average. If you're listening to this, you don't want to necessarily be average. I'm not belittling anybody's amount of money that they're saving. Right, I'm just, you do need to start somewhere. You need to start, right? Um, I think that 10% is a really good goal good or a good starting position. 15% is, is really standard is not standard is stellar. Mm -hmm. And then what, like our guy said to us, he goes, if you can get the 25% of your income and savings, he's like, that's the gold standard. Yeah. yeah. So basically you round numbers. If you make a hundred thousand dollars a year as a family, $25,000 is painful. Right. But you save it and then watch how much money I just saw this in my own. When I first started out, I mean, maybe even 11 years ago now, I think I was putting $500 a month away. I didn't believe in putting it like, like it was basically, I look at like for, for people that are listening to this and you have um, disposable income, right? Mm -hmm. a, a large amount of disposable income, I'm not saying like millions. I'm saying like, you know, you make $150,000 or more a year. You have a lot of disposable income. Absolutely. And if you don't, you should look at your lifestyle first. Right. Yes. Um, so then remember it, that example yes. of, uh, yes, I don't remember it was in Forbes. Article. It was in Forbes of this family who collectively made, I think it was about 400,000, 500 grand a year, 500 grand a year. And they had almost 30, they had nothing left at yes. the end of their year. They, they put 30, 30,000, I think into their 401k every year. Mm -hmm. They kind of maxed out their 401ks. Yes. It was 30 or 40,000, but then they had like six grand left at the end of the year. Yeah. And they took, it was the it was average a family day, of four, a family of four yeah. making $500,000 a year, yeah. a lot of money. And then they took like, I think it was like a thousand people that they, they looked at their tax returns or however they studied it. Yeah. And they came down. The average was about $6,000 left over. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it just, just meant that they were living. Well, they had, a, like they had, I remember means. what they had yeah. 1100, they each had two $1,100 car payments. Yeah. They had yeah. like a, a boat payment. Yep. They, or some sort of extracurricular thing. Which like I feel like they RV. didn't use. Yeah. Something. They didn't yeah. use whatever it was. <laughs> they had high house payments. Yes. They spent is. a lot of money on private schooling and I'm not taking anything away from that. Like right. that could be a priority, but yes. that's fine. But come combined with everything, they literally had like six or $7,000 left over. I'm, we taught that to, I'm like, look, this is just a facts of how people are living. Mm -hmm. So that's the point. Like you don't, you don't necessarily need that. And then you go, Mr. Money Mustache, who's got a family of, I think he had four living off $30,000 a year, feeling amazing. Right. I have an aunt by the way. Um, and I think who lives in a yurt, I'm not even joking. Didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yes. Oh. My aunt Jeannie. Um, oh, cool. yeah, she's, I haven't seen her for a while, but, um, she comments every now and then, but in Vermont, no, she's in, uh, I'm like, uh, that'd be really hard to live yeah, in a year she's, in Vermont. She's, she's in Colorado though. Oh wow. Really? Yeah. I think she's in Colorado and she, uh, she lives in a yurt when she's lived in there for, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, I don't know how much money she makes, but my guess is it's not much. It's probably much less than $30,000 a year. I could be wrong, but that's most likely they have goats. They raise all their own food, all their own milk. When she came and visited our family, like a couple years ago, she slept in a tent outside cause she didn't want to get used to sleeping in a house. Wow. I mean, it was, it was aggressive, but yeah. like, I, I love her position. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she wasn't she, doing it to like, look at me, no, put me on Instagram. On how she wants to live. Yeah, she's yeah. very clear that she loves her lifestyle. And then I look at other people who are making a half million dollars, sweating us going, I would never want that lifestyle, but I'm going, <laughs> that person's pretty damn happy. I, I got a question for you that might be slightly off topic, but I just feel like I need to ask it. Do you think it's easy or easier for us to have these conversations about um, how money isn't going to bring us happiness and we don't need all this money because we have been comfortable in our, in our lives. And so it's kind of easy to say, oh yeah, now that I've had it or I've acquired all this stuff, I don't need it. I think if you are living in poverty in a third world country, then this conversation changes. 
I think if you, I mean, you need some sort of shelter and water. However, I say that I was in Tanzania in the villages of people living in there and I, and everyone who goes there, pretty much everyone goes there, says the same thing. I sat and watched kids. In fact, I played with them who had a ball duct taped up and they were the happiest kids that they could be. Right. And you know, I'll challenge that. A I know, little I'm bit, just, I'm just like, what was their health? What did their health care look like? What's what was yeah, the I'm education? Not, I'm not system? saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying in that current moment that they were living, sure. yeah. they had more happiness and joy than a lot of times my kids did. Right. Yeah. Just because they kids are fighting over but something. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's and almost an extreme example, but it is, but I'm just trying to, I mean, that's why we're trying to use data. Um, I think that our cultured society wants us to think that money is going to bring us some level of joy or playing this linear life of like, keep getting and getting and gaining and gaining. Mm-hmm. And it's going to give you more joy. And I think people who look at this, who don't have it could easily say, yeah, but you have, it's easy to say that. Yeah, However, yeah. at that's some point, point, isn't that what wisdom? is is trying to actually go through something whether it's a success or a failure and saying it doesn't work yeah and but that's, i'm like okay uh, let me get the three million dollars yeah and people always say that yeah and I'll go do that not, if yeah. that's if that's your thing then go do it yeah. but you know um we had an example i had a, somebody that's very high up on our leadership team and their family made seven figures and it was a big jump for them and and basically they were um sat down with me and said hey you know my life's the worst it's ever been as simple as that and, he, and they were like, look, uh, well, worst ever been, it's, it's somewhere around difficult. that line. Very difficult. Never thought it'd be like this. And they said, you know, I've been listening to you for years and, and that whole money thing. And I finally get it. But do, would he have yeah, not I don't, gotten yes, it if he didn't, I'm not, if they, yeah. if they, they didn't make that much money? That's kind of my point. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, do, I, do you, do and then, really and now it? he's, now they're like, you know, they're going, how do I explain this to other people? So they don't get caught in this. I go, sometimes yeah. you got to let people do it. Cause I give them a million if, dollars. If, yeah. If people don't want to <laughs> go out, well, that's the worst because I it's like know, lottery winners, right? At yes, least they've yes. earned it. Right. Yeah. But if people don't go out, if people need to say like, Hey, I'm going to go do this then go do it. Just go do it. Just go. What I want you to do then, if you want to go do that, you're saying, I don't buy into something to go do it. Fine. Go do that. I get it. I was there. Right. Then go say, all right, I want you to pick a number, hundred, 200, 500, a million. Every time you get to this, you tell me how much better you feel. Mm-hmm. That's all I want you to do. And you can start, and maybe it's at 50 grand to 75. Mm-hmm. Go tell me how much better you feel when you get to 75. Right. And remember that though. Rem- do you think the data is about after 75? Yes. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It's very minimal. It's like less than 1%. Yeah. So the data is there, but people are like, I don't visually feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't visually. You, it's the menu and the meals. Yes. You have to experience it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not going to stop anybody from, I'm not going to tell anybody not to go make money. Go do it. Yeah. But what I want you to do is set up these metrics. Right. And so at least be paying attention, paying attention, being, being aware. How much better yeah. do you feel when you're at 150,000? Right. How much better do you feel when you're at 250? Right. Tell me how much better you feel. It's like the old Zen kind of, um, quote. It's like the only, the only Zen that you have, the only Zen that you can find at the top of the mountain is the Zen that you bring there. The only joy you're going to find through money is the joy that's already inside you. Mm-hmm. And it's the same type of thing, but I get it. Go out, go out and do it, but set metrics up. So whatever, wherever you're at and you want to get to this next goal, I want you to make sure you remember it when you get there. Cause you will, if you're thinking like that, you'll probably get there. Fine. Great. Maybe in a years when you get there, I want you to pause and reflect how much better is my life right now? Just ask that question. And I don't mean externally. Mm-hmm. I mean, being real and authentic going, how much more joy is really in my, in my life? And just ask that question. And then if it's there just go to the next one, there's nothing wrong with going out and getting those things. Just don't ever mistake that any of those, that dollar amount that you're going to get, is going to change how you feel inside. Right, right. It's not, it's, it's not going to, it's fun. It's amazing. So that's, that, but that's a wonderful question. Cause I know people sit there and say that I actually heard Oprah say that before. And like, mm. Oh, you know, people sometimes say to me, like, Oh, Oprah, it's easy for you to say that stuff. And she's like, I know. And I, I just try to 
say, then go do it. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to wisdom, right? I think wisdom is, um, is taking somebody's advice or models or systems before you felt the actual experience of it. Because once you feel the experience, now it's your wisdom. Mm-hmm. In the case of that example is like, oh, we've made this money and I get what you're saying because I feel it now. Or like mm-hmm. a kid, I used to use the example of a kid walking over to a, to a fire who's never touched a fire before. And you can say, don't touch the fire. And they're going, what do you mean don't touch the fire? And they go touch the fire and all of a sudden they have their own wisdom now. Now they realize what it was like to touch the fire because they felt it. Well, it's like, an, it's, it's that, it's just knowledge and intellectual knowledge before you experience it. Yeah, it's that visceral, conscious contact it, with the experience wisdom yes it's like you read the menu and it sounds really good until you eat the meal and it's not mm-hmm. good anymore or it is good right when you eat the meal you now have the the knowing of yes. what that is right but that's why i think i think people can have that knowing now i think people can go out there and use they don't have to reach a certain number to have the knowing i think you can look back in your life right now and say how much money did you have in college right how much money did you have Same. and yes <laughs> and how much money did you you feel that much better than you were in college in terms of your happiness and it's yes or no for people based on external situations I was say, sometimes bill and i talk about our like college days when we first were you know we're dating and we're like our life was amazing, amazing. and now it and there was some rough years in there yes. when we were all, we're striving yes. and trying to get, get, get things. And then now we've kind of come back on the other side and we've, cause we've done a lot of personal work and inner work. And now we're like, okay, now we're almost like back to where we were when yeah. we had nothing. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's the point. That's why I'm saying you already have that knowledge in you. You've just bought into this self or the ego saying in, in the culture of life mm-hmm. of just about 99% of virtual all America of, pretty much people worldwide, right? Save the, the poorer countries. But when people get into there, they, they're going literally like, I just need to, you get so culturalized into thinking that, but you just go look back into, I even think back sometimes when I was 10 or 11 playing outside, I didn't have any money. My parents had no money. We lived in a yeah. small thing. I'm like, we, we had just either, so yeah. much fun doing those yeah. things. We had an amazing childhood and I thought we were like rich. Yes. And I, now as an adult, I realized yeah. we not have any money and then somebody oh, goes like much. well that's great guys it's there and i just put myself in the audience years of going like but i have all these responsibilities and i'm gonna and then when i say to people i go yeah. you have all these responsibilities because you forced your lifestyle to increase before you could actually support it how do you what is the answer about like kids though that's not necessarily well no it, it is i mean you have kids that are doing that's that right it's a responsibility but how much money do you really need to actually invest into kids I don't know. I mean, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month, you know, a max for food and all those different things. So you may have to drop your car from a eight hundred dollar payment to a right. to buying a car that's ten thousand dollars cash to be able to do it, right? And somewhere along those lines, you get my point. You can one of the exercises we always do in part of you. I said, you know, what would it look like in your life to live off a thousand dollars a month? I'm saying I'm not saying you need to go do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you're going to go do it tomorrow. But what would you have to do in your life to go do that? And the answer everyone can always come up with the answer. Yeah. They can they go, well, I could sell my house. I could do this and I could just buy like a mobile home or and nothing wrong with mobile homes. I'm just saying like, you just, we could do that, right? I would move in with my parents. Yes, you can move in your parents. You could, do, you could, you could get a roommates to come in there yeah. to start paying for different things. So totally. You don't have to sell your house necessarily. But all of a sudden people go, oh, they get on this tangent. They go, I could do this. And I go, yeah, would you have any more stresses if you're living off $1,000 a month? And they go, well, no. <laughs> I go, well, so then you just caused all the stress in your life because of you trying to increase your lifestyle before you could really afford it. Mm-hmm. And then all, then it becomes this game of I need to protect it. That's why the whole thing of need nothing, enjoy everything. Because if you need something in your life, then you have to protect it. And then you feel insecure when it feels like it's threatened or being taken away, which is then why people put pressure on their businesses or themselves to earn a certain amount of money. So none of that gets threatened. And it's just like you caused all of this problem. 
we're going deep into this conversation. I was say, yeah, yeah, we kind of went down this path yes, of um, not needing money. Yes. And yet we also want to um, encourage But you want to enjoy invest. everything too. Yes. So that you're already earning money, you're doing it. So that's yeah. my point. That's the point of this is that know what your number is monthly and then work backwards to start figuring out how much money you need annually coming from whatever sources you can start building a plan on. There's a bunch of different ways. I think investing in real estate is one of the greatest ways mm -hmm. uh, to do it. Um, you know, you should, you can have money in the stock market or an index fund. That's relatively pretty easy to be able to do that now with low cost fees and a lot of different brokerages that are out there. Um, you could invest into books, side hustles, any of those things. You, you just create your plan for what that looks like. And you build it out over the next three, four, five, ten 10 years, right? Then you should make sure that you're saving somewhere between, 10 and 25%. Mm -hmm. It's painful. And you may not be able to do it today. You may say, I need to get rid of some payments. Like you may have to make some, some tough calls in your lifestyle to get back there. But I promise you the freedom of having money will trump any feeling of having anything. Yeah. I think it was a couple of years ago that, um, Bill and I, although I need to go back and look, cause I think we had a little bit of a, like an expense creep happening over the past couple of years. I got to go back, but we've basically decided to live off just one of our incomes so that we can save and invest everything else. Now that did not happen overnight, but, um, it's, it started off as investing a hundred dollars and then eventually it is but, living off of one income. Yeah. But part of your expense creep is cause you can pay in cash. Yes. I mean, that's, you're not, so when people have to finance luxury and luxury isn't vacations or nice cars, like luxury can be, if you have to finance something outside of your house without some more of my money down, like you're not waking up going, where's my money going to come from? You're not stressed out about money trying to figure it out because you live, well, you actually live way below your not needs. Not anymore, but yeah, I mean, it took a while to get there. Yes. Yeah. But you did, but you created a plan. And then you, when you Bill both started making more money, you didn't increase your lifestyle proportionally. You actually kept it where it was. Right. I mean, you guys could go out and build a, any home that you really wanted to for the most part, right? But you even said like- But you, I don't even want the stress. That's what, that's what you yeah. told me. I was going to use that example, <laughs> but you sat down with me and you said, I just don't want it. I don't yeah. need anything more. Yeah. And it's just, that's the point. You don't need it. And then, you know, if it happens to come and it comes, right? Yeah. I'd rather have time. Exactly. Like said. Yes. Yeah. I would take that time all day long. So then it comes back to is don't get yourself caught up into long-term contracts that you have to pay that forces you to lose your time because mm. that's what yeah. people want, right? And it, it goes back to the whole thing of like, you know- with families, like people are like, I, I care. Like I always have a question. What do you value most with so my kids? And then you're going, but I have to go work for my kids. And I'm going, no, you're working for your lifestyle, not your kids. Mm, yeah. As the people are real themselves, you're working for your lifestyle, not your kids. Right. Because if that's really, and you may say, well, work's more important, right? In terms of that aspect that I want to go build something, you may go allocate 20 hours a day to doing that. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. That may be your dharma, right? To do that. But if you're saying spending time with my kids matters more, then you just need to figure out what that actually looks like. And then getting real with yourself about what you need to change in your life to actually get you more time. Yeah. Yeah. So remember, what's your number? Work with your partner on this. Uh, work with yourself on this. Find a financial advisor, a fiduciary financial advisor that's going to walk you through these things and then start building a game plan out. And then starting tomorrow, take action on this. Make sure you take some dollar amount off the table every month. If you just want to start, you can just open up a traditional um, some sort of brokerage account, 401k, IRA. There's a bunch of different options you can do there really easily. It just transfers directly from your paycheck. Hey, before you jump off today, um, we talked a lot about investing, talked about the kind of uh, nuances of investing. But if you're sitting there going, you know, I want to invest in real estate, but like Allie, like you don't really want to. Actually, a lot of top agents across the country have come and invested into BlackRock projects. We have 50 plus million in projects that we're building out over the next couple of years with annualized returns somewhere between 12 and 25 percent, depending on the risk profile and the, and the property that you invest into. 
So, um, and we have a lot of money to fill, so there's, there's not really a dollar amount that's necessary there. But if you're interested in just learning a little bit more about what it would look like to invest into real estate, you can go to www.blackrockus.com. And then if not, just email us. We'd love to put you in touch with and have a private consultation on there.